Today's sermon is on the Ten Commandments, and the title of the sermon is Should We Stop Shooting? Should We Stop Shooting? And, and I want to begin by inviting you. One of the things that they say that COVID, uh, that may have changed the way we worship and the way we do church is that maybe going forward, worship needs to be a little more participatory rather than you just sitting there. And, um, so I thought I would ask you, uh, how many of you love ice cream? Raise your hand. Okay, just about everybody here loves ice cream. Now the most important question. If you had to choose between vanilla and chocolate, how many of you are vanilla fans? Okay, what about chocolate? Ooh, that was a little too close to call. Um, maybe we should just have some vanilla and chocolate ice cream next Sunday and see who which one is still has the most in the gallon when we get back. I don't know. Uh, actually, I looked online about what is the most favorite, the favorite flavor of ice cream, and it's evenly divided. Uh, I saw 17% chocolate, 14% vanilla, whereas when I was a child, it was decidedly more vanilla over chocolate. Seems like trends are changing. Uh, you might like another flavor. My favorite flavor of ice cream is uh, pistachio almond ice cream. I love that ice cream. We love to have fun with Jim Clardy here in the staff. Uh, one day, Jim thought it would be funny to ride by the preschoolers who were playing outside on our uh, playground. And he rolled down the window and he said, hey, y'all, Miss Sherry's going to buy y'all a bunch of ice cream. And then he just kept right on driving. And so when he got to the office, he had a phone call from Miss Sherry, our preschool director, said, Jim, you're going to go right now and buy ice cream for every one of these kids because now they want it. So every once in a while when we're sitting around having lunch, I'll say something like, Jim, you know what would be really good after that lunch we just enjoyed would be some pistachio almond ice cream. And I'll just keep on saying it and saying it. And then about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there'll be a pistachio almond ice cream. It works every time. Don't tell him. Um, I don't know what your favorite brand of ice cream is, but I used to just buy the cheapest kind of ice cream until a friend of mine said, Tommy, the best ice cream you will ever put in your mouth is Bluebell ice cream. And it is worth the extra money to buy Bluebell ice cream and eat it. I got tired of listening to him talk about Bluebell ice cream. So with every intention of proving him wrong, I went and bought Bluebell ice cream. And I'm going to tell you, it is the best ice cream I have ever put in my mouth. Do you know what the favorite brands of ice cream are? There's Haagen-Dazs is number one uh, a lot, in a lot of places. Uh, ben and Jerry's, people like that a lot. Breyers has been around since the 1800s. It's, it's really good. But do you know what the number one pint-sized ice cream in America is right now? It's called Halo Top. Anybody ever heard of Halo Top? Well, Halo Top is a diet ice cream. It's supposed to have less calories, it's supposed to have less sugar, and it's supposed to have more protein than your average ice cream. And in 2020, it became the number one selling pint-sized ice cream, surpassing Haagen-Dazs, surpassing Ben & Jerry's. And when you 
ask the question, well, why is that? Why would that become the number one selling ice cream in 2020? A lot of people think it was because of the advertisements that Halo Top was running while all of us were at home in March, April, May, and June of last year during the pandemic. Does anybody remember that commercial? It was a woman running around in her underwear. And she had some ice cream and she was just like joining all over the place. And, and over the top, the, the words were saying, uh, I should not want to eat ice cream. I should want to get in better shape. I should uh, want to spend more time with my friends. And then it says, stop the should. And she starts shoveling that ice cream. Stop the should. Well, uh, I was thinking about that as I was thinking about the Ten Commandments that are in our uh, story today. Uh, in life, you just can't always stop the shoulds, can you? I mean, every once in a while, it's okay to stop the shoulds, but, but uh, in life, we have to obey the law. Uh, we're supposed to come to a complete stop at the stop signs and not do uh, the rolling stops. Uh, we're supposed to... Uh, pay our taxes and file our taxes. Those those are things that we absolutely should do. And then if you just look at the Bible in general, not specifically the Ten Commandments, look at our Bible or really any faith tradition. And there are some other shoulds that seem like they're pretty important stuff. We should be patient. We should be kind. We should be compassionate. We should respect other people. We should uh, love our family and put them first in our lives. There's so many types of shoulds that seem important and we shouldn't stop shoulding those things. Well, in particular, we are looking at the Ten Commandments today. And the Ten Commandments come at a very important time in the children of Israel's life. They have been liberated from bondage, from slavery in Egypt, where they were making the bricks for Pharaoh's road system. God heard their cry and God liberated them from slavery. And God told them that God was leading them into a promised land. And it was just before they got to that promised land, when they arrived at Mount Sinai, that God stopped the caravan moving towards the promised land. And God said to them, um, look, uh, you are now a family. You are now a community of faith, a community of people. You are on your way to the promised land. And once you get there, it is going to be absolutely essential that you have a code of conduct uh, that you use in your relationships with me and your relationships with other people. And so God stopped them at Mount Sinai. And that is where God gave Moses and the people of Israel the Ten Commandments. And, and the Ten Commandments start out with a very important point. God says, I'm not I have already saved you. I have already redeemed you. I am the God who brought you out of bondage in Egypt. So this is not a list of things that you should do in order to earn your salvation or in order to be redeemed. You've already been redeemed. You've already been saved from Pharaoh. 
these rules aren't meant to to be something that you use to earn your salvation. These rules that I have given you are to help you to to know how to treat me and be in relationship with me and how to be in relationship with one another. So you're not doing these because you have to. You're doing these because this is the way to ensure that your relationship with me and your relationship with everybody around you is what I want it to be and what I need it to be. And then God goes into the Ten Commandments. The first one, that thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Uh, It's as if there's no reason to make this commandment unless you have other choices to be your God. And so God recognized that for all of us, there are any number of things that we might try to make our God. And what God is saying to the children of Israel and to us is that out of all the choices... I want you to choose me. I think about relationships. You know, did anybody else think that when you got married that you would stop thinking that other people were attractive? I mean, I just thought it would just magically go away once you found the person of your dreams, right? Well, no, you're still going to find other people attractive. There are lots of other choices that are out there, but you have made a covenant with your spouse For that one person to be your number one responsibility, there will be no other person ahead of that person. That's what God's talking about here. I want to be your number one. And then God says there should be no other graven images, no idols. This is basically because God is a transcendent God. God is above and beyond our understanding. God is above and beyond everything. And so uh, God wants us to know that if you create something, the create the creation can't be more important than the creator. And so God is simply saying to his people, I want to be your number one. God also says, don't take the Lord's name in vain or don't use inappropriately the name of God. I used to think this was just strictly about cursing uh, so that you shouldn't say the Lord's name in vain. One time I thought it would be funny to uh, say something close to saying the Lord's name in vain, but not actually saying it. And then when they thought I said it, I could say, well, I really didn't say it. I said this. Uh, Nobody thought it was funny in my family. So I don't recommend that at all. Uh, This is not, though, just about saying um, the Lord's name in, in a profane way. This is to say it flippantly or for no reason. This is to... To say it like if you're gossiping about somebody and say, I swear to God, it's true. It's that's an inappropriate use. It, it, it's a way to defame another's character. Say, I swear to God, this really happened. That is an inappropriate use. That is using God's name in vain. So this verse means much more than just using it in a sense of profanity. The following the next commandment is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And and it's not just a cognitive uh, thing to remember it. it. It's something that requires action. It's sort of like if you just remember your anniversary or your spouse's birthday, but you don't get them anything. Let me know how that works out for you. 
It's more than just remembering the Sabbath. It's that remembering that leads you to action. And so God says, I want you to rest. I want you to keep it holy. I want you to make it about me and not about you. I want you to to pause what you do every other day as a way of showing you that ultimately I will provide for you when you're not busy striving and trying to provide for yourself. That's what he's talking about here. When he says in the next commandment, honor your mother and father, he's not just talking about um, He doesn't offer any real specifics about honoring what that means. But I would suggest to you that it's not just doing simply everything that your parent says, because sometimes our parents may ask us to do something that we shouldn't do. That that doesn't happen often, but but it could happen. It is about showing respect and reverence for your parents. It is it is about deferring, uh, conferring honor on our parents. It's about uh, trusting that they do have the best interest in our best interest at heart. And, and that's what it's about. Uh, Also, in biblical times, you might call someone other than your biological parents, mother and father. So it was a way of relating to each other in the community as well to to give reverence and honor to parent is more than just doing everything they tell you to do. It's treating them with dignity and integrity and respect. Then we get to the short ones. Thou shalt not murder. It's basically, um, I used to be afraid to kill bugs when I was a kid because I had always heard that thou shalt not kill. And it didn't give any caveats except when it's a bug crawling up your leg or something like that. But then later I did find out that for chapters after these verses, it does begin to, to give some more understanding about what is an appropriate killing and what is not. And so... For the purposes, I think, of our uh, Ten Commandments here, this is the killing of, of anyone who is not an enemy might be the easiest way. But in chapters 21 and beyond, it really begins to flesh that out. Uh, what might be an appropriate time to use killing and what might not be. Um, then verse 14, thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, this really is more than about uh, transgressing uh, the bedroom. This is about it, family was everything in in this day. Uh, this is about maintaining the integrity of the family, the trust of the family, the respect for the people in your family. Uh, so it, it goes much deeper than sometimes what we think it's about. It's about the sanctity of the family unit as as the the core group that God uh, used then, and I would suggest. Now, then uh, thou shalt not steal. Uh, This is would be to accuse God. If you're stealing from somebody else, you're basically saying to God that, God, you don't provide me with enough. You don't provide me with what I need. And it also uh, doesn't respect the hard work that other people have done and and the fruits of the labor that they have received because of their hard work. And so that is here. False witness. Uh, justice in this day depended on the integrity of the witnesses that were in court speaking to something. You know, nowadays, if you lie, there's a good chance that somebody caught it on camera or video anyway. But back then, they didn't have those kinds of things. And so it was absolutely essential for justice to be maintained, for people to present themselves with integrity in a court of law. 
And then finally, don't covet. This is the only commandment that deals mostly with the heart instead of actions. But it's here because what we think about and what we allow to reside in our heart oftentimes does become an action. And so if you covet your neighbor's wife, that might lead to adultery. If you covet your neighbor's stuff, that might lead to stealing. And so this is the commandment that reminds us uh, of what happens in here oftentimes comes out in the way we act. Now, these Ten Commandments are divided up. First four about our relationship with God. The second six are about how we should be in relationship with others. And, and they do suggest that there are some shoulds that we should be doing. We're not doing them because they will save us or redeem us. We've already been saved. We've already been redeemed by the power of God made known to us in the cross of Christ. For those who believe, that salvation has occurred. But what it is saying is that if we want to truly live in a world and we want to truly live in a community and we want to truly be people of God, this is how to best relate to God and to each other in order to live into that which God desires.